Citizens of the Verse, today is February 6th, 2954, and welcome to Season 5 of Citizen Cast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by the two OGs themselves. We've got Chekhov. Hello. Hello. He's an original OG. And we've got Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Hello, I'm the original guest OC. Yeah, guest turned host. <laughs> so, um, it's been a while, guys. So sorry for the delay, but in absence of content, personal lives take precedence. So, That's right. You know, finally we've got some content to talk about, and uh, we're happy to be back. Um, but what have you guys been up to? You know, over over this long hiatus of ours. Seaguard, what have you been up to? I've been on the endless quest trying to find out what you're doing. Uh, no, I've been... Uh, I don't I've think been... you want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use my imagination. It's probably not that good, but... Well, sir. Anyway, uh, I've been playing... Actually, I've been playing a lot of something different, so uh, trying to push my progress in another venue we shall not name, but it's uh, not related to spaceships. But I've also been, um, I think you can like talk tracking. about other video games you play. Yeah, War Thunder, yeah. War Thunder. But I think um, that's allowed. Yeah, um, I've been doing a lot of because I wanted to advance through one of the trees. Uh, and then I've been watching the uh, the shows. Kind of. Seagard, your volume is extremely high. Yeah, you are How's pretty that? high. Is that better? A little bit. Yeah, it was yeah, usually it sound the other way around. around. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, all right, much better, much better. Yeah. So yeah, I've just been doing that and uh, nice. been hanging out when I can. And uh, in fact, the family just took off today to go see my folks up in uh, Connecticut. Oh, uh, been tracking my dad. He's still hanging in there. Ninety five. I just came back from Connecticut last night. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, how about you, Chekhov? What have you been up to? Unfortunately, I've been also not in Star Citizen. Got in lately into my driving sim. And been doing a lot of that. Which you so. can hear him sort of playing right now. Oh, you still can? Sorry about we don't that. Hear, we don't hear the cars. We just hear clicks. Oh, right. Yeah, shift right. Titles, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know me multitasking. That's right. That's right. It's not It's not a true episode if, if you're fully paying attention. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Listen, folks, he watched videos beforehand, so... Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, and I'm very excited. I yeah. may just be back playing. Uh, fortunately, I haven't been playing Star Citizen that much. Oh, you know what I have sitting on my desk right now, Chekhov? That you might, unless you already have one. I have a completely unwrapped box of Settlers of Catan. Oh wow! Yeah, we just played that recently, actually. But and, do you have uh, do you have the actual game, or do you have? I have the actual game, but unfortunately. Uh, my whole family did not like it. What? And my son finds it too uh, chancy. Too as random? He calls it. Oh. Yeah, too, in other words, he doesn't like the game of chance. He's more into these, I guess, call them more cerebral. I mean, I like the cerebral games too, but Catan's like Monopoly, but balanced. I know, I like it. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the OG. It's the, ga- it's the gateway game. Right. For those who don't know, it's no longer called Settlers because I guess that implies sort of some sort of conquering or something, but um, it's called Catan and it's really fun. 
I, I saw a game I want to play, a board game I want to play. Oh, which one? It's on, is it Paul Bet Davis is the guy's PVD, his talk show? Um, but behind him, he had a game called Monopoly, the socialism version. <laughs> <laughs> and my son and I were speculating, how does that work? You get all your earnings, go past go, give it to the government. <laughs> Where you possess all your houses. I don't know. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I uh, I played some board games over New Year's uh, with my friends. My I used to play them all the time because my, my best friends from college and my, my best friend from life all lived in Brooklyn. And then they did the classic have a kid and move out of town to New Jersey check off. And so <laughs> I have to go to New Jersey, but actually we hang out quite a bit. And whenever we do, we play board games. Um, we play like, um, what, what did we play last, last time? It, it's, it's a Dungeons and Dragons board game. Okay. Uh, nice. I forgot the name. It's, but it's a lot more self-contained than a full D and D session, but it has the same lore. Uh, yeah, I played a little bit of Star Citizen here and there. It was mostly salvage, yeah. but for I did the most part, I did yeah. the Siege of Orison. Uh, the I most part, probably thirty minutes, and that was it. Oh, nice. For the most part, I've been. It's my my love life and my my family. My sister broke her foot, so I was in Connecticut helping her a little bit. She gets a little needy when I'm not home because we're all everyone else lives there. Um, but me, and I guess I'm the most helpful for her. So, um, but now I'm back. I hope to be playing more Star Citizen even before the release of 323. Uh, so why don't we dive into it? Um, so we finally have content as of last week. Um, and ISC was a pretty interesting episode. We didn't see anything too new, but we got to see a nice evolved look at the new EVA system coming in 323. Yeah, it looks good. Um, you know, it's sort of that Iron Man traversal, much yeah, more compact, yeah. um, flatter, where you can navigate tighter spaces. It looks more realistic. They actually included inertia, um, so you don't always have to use your fuel while traversing. You'll have an easier time, and it looks more natural looking around. Um, eventually they'll be adding in the EVA fuel as well as push and pull, but that's in the future. And the thing that, I mean, we're probably going to miss it to some degree, but the transition between zero G and gravity is now going to be much more seamless instead of a face plant. <laughs> it looks much more graceful. <laughs> uh, we look like Delta Lodas, you know? They didn't. Um, they didn't include uh, weapons recoil, which is. I mean, not that that's a, a major flaw or anything, but I would have. Uh, I could have seen some opportunities for having weapons that, you know, the recoil shoves you off course unless you have compensators mm. and things like that. So guys who. Well, are, they didn't talk about it, but maybe they. Maybe there will be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's definitely not. I mean, it was definitely a very cool. Um, unless the guns are built for recoilless. Just like in uh, in the expanse. Well, that's what I was thinking. You know, it's like, well, is there an opportunity there? But uh, hey, it, it was a great segment. I mean, yeah. In fact, I'm looking at the home page right now, and they're drifting through a cargo area and through the hallways. Yeah, it's just very cool. It's going to make space mission really fun too. Yeah, 
Um, and then we got a preview of the new interaction system, which we've already seen numerous times, including an in-depth look at CitizenCon. Uh, but what they do way better compared to before is understanding what object you're actually looking at. So when and when they do, they display a quick action. It usually looks to be F, and that action is a default action. However, they do have a more advanced interaction wheel to specify different actions that you can take with that object, and you can customize what the quick action is. Looks more robust, looks a little bit faster to move. Um, really engaging system, a lot cleaner, a lot more polished. You can tell it's coming from Squadron 42, which is what they started the episode talking about was features from squadron are now going to be migrated into the PU. So um, this is one of the, these are two of those to be quite honest. Um, what'd you think Chekhov? Did you see that segment? Oh yeah. I thought it was great. I mean, there's uh well, there's a lot. I mean, EVA is obvious, uh, you know, that's just a really, really cool quality of life i mean just the uh uh i mean the cool the cool part about it i, I wonder how it's gonna work with toby now right yeah so i usually turn off toby when i'm in fps but now the way the the physics are gonna work it makes sense to turn it on because it sounds like you know now you can actually move your head so wherever mm. you're facing then your body follows the screen yeah, a whole different dimension in physics. I mean, uh, that's. I mean, I love everything that that's coming into three. You know, the uh, the weapons, the uh, uh, what else is there? All right, hang on there, Chekhov. We're going to get to okay, that okay, one next. Okay. So, so we, we're just EVA. Okay. Okay. We're just so on we're, the, if we're the just on EVA, citizen. Yeah, so if it's EVA. Yeah, Marthologist, by the way, just to give him a plug, did a great, great a job. A great on, job. Right? Yeah, he was really day. good. Yeah. Really good. Uh, he must have been so – he must have been, like, foaming at the mouth for this amount of content. Like, I actually – can we take a step back? I was surprised given their history that they decided to go this route. Yeah. And like kind of announce 323 features in the beginning in advance of of like even roadmap updates or anything. Well, can I tell you something? I think they saw probably utilization. It had to be I, I don't know. To me, it must be really low right now. Yeah. So they wanted to have their user base probably engage with something. They literally don't want to lose people. I could see some people just yeah. kind of shutting out and not even going to know 323 is going to come, I feel, right? I feel like this past year, and I feel like you guys feel the same way, this past year was the first year in a while that I disengaged between patches with large durations in between. Yeah, yeah me too, did, for sure. Me too. Compared to like previous years, I kept playing, you know, and and then it became this reinforcing thing. Like if I'm signing on and no one else is playing Star Citizen or everybody's doing their own individual thing, I'm like, this isn't what I signed up for. So I'm just going to watch TV. Well, yeah, exactly. Lately, it's been like uh, literally – you know, three people playing as a concept was Sigurd, me, and Flavius. Uh, and, and now it's pretty much, you know, almost none, you know, 
because it's very. And I still haven't even played in a reclaimer with the full salvage because I'm also like, well, that's an intermediary system anyway, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really intrigue me as much as something else. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, because I haven't done after they've created the what is it, the uh, munching or whatever the hell they call it now. Oh, oh, you haven't done that at all? No, I've done it in a vulture. Yeah, yeah. No, in the reclaimer it was really cool. Not, not obviously for the fact that you can make a ton of money is just a very very cool mm. uh game loop you know you have uh you know a real team working yeah you know, you're munching then you got people moving stuff around you know it's, it was kind of cool mm. yeah keeps you busy yeah right well, and, and it's a, a job. Yeah, everybody's got a job, and it's kind of somewhat of a variety of play, right? So some people you like could switch to, out. Yeah, exactly. The, and the, the and and again, uh, you can add another dimension if you were attacked, like we did to somebody <laughs> outside <laughs> of Grimax. I don't know if you were there. He came out with fully, fully man reclaimer, like six people, you know, all geared out, you know, ready to go somewhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> I created a missile out of my buccaneer and blew him to pieces. And oh. he was raving about it in the in the chat. Is like, why'd you guys do this? You know, we were just ready. You know, old man, like literally like six guys ready to go for missions and really fill it up. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I'm looking but, forward to doing it again, but... Yeah, it's a very interesting because think about it. If you get, then not only you can do all the salvage, but now you have to do security, right? Mm-hmm. If you get attacked like we did, he could have manned the turrets and defended himself, right? Yeah. So that's another dimension there. Nice. Yeah, that's it's and that. I mean, that's the goal, right? The dream, the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a great example of of the possibilities. We also did refueling with Sigurd, right? So yeah. I got stuck. Oh, yeah, and, I, I heard about you know, that. With, Star, with Starfare, which kind of, for the first time, we actually tried it out and not only refueled the ship, but were able to refuel his tanks. So we kind of tested game loop that game loop out, too. Yeah, and we cool. towed with the SRV. We towed yeah. the uh, Reclaimer. Couldn't jump with it, but we could tow it. And it was, yep. and it was definitely like the tail was bigger than the dog. I mean, <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, pulling, it it was, was pulling like the SRE around with a turd. Yeah, you know what it, the the inertia, right? So Sigurd, I was in the reclaimer. He would tow me, but the inertia, slow inertia, would like swing the reclaimer around and start pulling <laughs> Sigurd like. You know, offline. So he was kind of towing me, but we couldn't like get him. He was anyone. a shot put. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more like it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. What about any any other additions to the ISCC guard that you wanted to talk about? Um. Well, you know, um, from the ISC, there was something. Um, EVA interaction system. Yeah, 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 yeah. From from EVA, uh, I think we can go on from EVA. Uh, Well, the question I had, here's the question. Um, If you're going to do EVA and there's going to be a limited amount of fuel, that's cool. Um, You know, how are they going to put safety lines in, though? I guess tractor beams? 
Tractor you know, beams, push and pull. Yeah, because you know if you bounce off the hull, you're, you're technically you're drifting, right? Um, but I mean that's the dangerous space. Like you have to know well, that. Well, I would like to have. I wouldn't. I don't want all suits to have that ability. Right? Yeah, and I, I don't think they will. I want there to be some trade offs, and you know, you kind of take your chances. Yeah, I feel like heavy armor is going to have low EVA fuel. Right. Exactly. So I guess that would be my a discussion for another day, but that's kind of was my thought. Sounds like a question, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I haven't thought of one today. I uh, I had one from previous though. I yes. Said yes. Um, I have no no additions to make towards the ISC. Um, but what was even more exciting than ISC that Chekhov already alluded to is the Star Citizen Live, which was all about features that they are anticipating coming to 323. So there's a caveat there. You, you know, first and foremost, these are planned features. They're planning for them, but they're not guaranteed. Right. Um, but this is all a result of them migrating Squadron 42 features into 323. Uh, first thing distribution centers tier zero. So those huge corporate landing zone type things with hopefully missions and things to do, those are coming in. Uh, master modes, some changes to gimbaled weapons, including some turrets having gimbals, dynamic crosshairs, a combat visor, combat lens, a restyle of the HUD, new notification system, the mini map, a compass, star map changes you know the ones that we've seen so far the mm-hmm. new character creation screen mm-hmm. new looting a new shopping app it sounds like it's going to be in the moby glass instanced hangers cargo elevators changes to xeno threat the new dynamic mission blockade runner they made it sound like there might be even another one and then extensive changes to the economy uh, including, as Chekhov pointed out in Discord today, the A90 jump being probably about $70 million Yes, of what it was before. So, yeah, a lot of... And, and these are the ones that they announced. Jared hinted at be, that there, there were other features they were holding back on. So, I guess, you know, for starters, what are your thoughts? What, what excites you the most? Uh, Chekhov, take it away. Well, I think this what excites me the most, but I kind of need you to uh, kind of expand on this and elaborate are uh, the ma- master mode in the flight. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of get it, but not really. And okay. you know, a, a lot of times, you know, I was gonna, I was thinking about the the form of our podcast. You know, if you think about it, we we're we're not really geared towards newbies. Like no. sometimes we get into stuff that you know and a newbie will just like what the hell they're talking about but meanwhile like, we get newbies who don't even have the game yet and then they sign up for the game <laughs> i know i know so it's like interesting. if you if you to, if you were to explain to me master mode like i'm a newbie and mm-hmm. i know nothing about star citizen because i really want to understand it i mean i'm excited about it but i don't really also feel that i fully grasp it okay so the the philosophy and the the idea behind it is your ship has a limited power supply now this isn't it, it ties into supply power supply management and everything 
but it's it's before they put that full system in. But the idea is your ship has a limited power supply. So if you're going to travel at fast speeds, you're going to risk the fact that you don't have shields or weapons because your ship cannot power them because you're trying to move at fast speeds. When you move into combat mode, which is slower speeds, which reduces the distance that combat behaves at, then you're able to have shields and you're able to have weapons. And so that's the whole idea is it's like your ship gearing up for quantum travel versus not. So it's, it's trying to balance keeping people at a shorter distance for, for more engaging, exciting dog fighting style combat. Right. Because once it's really you engage and you're against somebody that's really skillful, you can't switch the mode because you're going to be dead. Yeah, I mean, by the you won't be able you, to run. By the time you yeah. switch it and about to run, they're gonna kill you. Yeah, right. And now, and that's what we get into all the time. Is like we engage, and there are some players that are engaged, but a lot of times they just run the the, the second they feel they yeah. have an upper hand. It's also supposed to reduce jousting because jousting actually is too predictable at slower speeds. Mm-hmm. So you'll be doing more turns and like course correcting. So that's that's really the the like okay. yeah, and of course idea you know it. kind of expand the rest of it uh, is that you know you're gonna have you're gonna have an ability to aim at components better because yep. you're gonna be like that zoom feature, which is really cool. Uh, what yeah. is it it's called? Um, precision targeting. Yeah, precision targeting. So, yep, no, that's that stuff is real, real exciting for me because I always like to switch up the different types of play. Yeah, uh, I think it's a step in the right direction. I don't know, it's probably not perfect yet, but that's why they're going to test it. Yep, yeah. And, Anything you know, else that you check off? Well, the, the most exciting feature, right? The number one is the star map. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but it already looked cool. Just the search feature, the ability to kind of, we always say, where is that, you know, harvest on moon so-and-so? Now you just type it in, boom, set your, you know, destination. And it's sort of like having a typical navigation in the car. That's where it boils down to. Yeah. And the maps. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. The mini maps to be able to navigate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the new, you know, inventory ability. I mean, I don't want, you know, let me hand it off to, to Sigurd and you because I'm sure there's lots to talk about. There's a lot of I stuff. Already, I already know what excites Sigurd some of the most. <laughs> What's that? Well, I think you like the cargo elevators, but... Well, the cargo elevators, definitely. I, but I do like the, um, definitely I like the cargo elevators. But I do like the advent, you know, the introduction of the, the new space, the um, quantum drive modes, right? The, the three oh. modes. Yeah. Um, the one for me is that you can have, like, I've always felt that there's, uh, for cargo ships and stuff, if you wanted to run, there was no chance, but in reality, that's your best chance, right? 
point away from the enemy, put your shields to the rear, max out your shields, and run, right? Whatever speed you can get up to, the enemy has to follow you and exceed that speed to sh- to make passes at you. Um, and eventually their burner, their boosters would run out and potentially you could get away, right? Um, I would like to have seen some rear-facing weapons on some of these cargo ships to allow for that, right? Um, to give you some rear defenses while you're running. Um, I think with the new quantum drive modes, there's a measure of skill where you can apply that new speed boost to get away, and hopefully the bigger ships are pretty stable, right? They have an advantage like a big ship in heavy seas. It can plow through the waves. It's not really as jittery as a smaller ship would be in the water. I think it could be an advantage to, you know, use this to get away from trouble. My my fear. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, correct me if I'm wrong. The whole point here is that if you, you, you're in a travel mode, right? Mm -hmm. The, The fighters that are attacking you, they're in a fighting mode. So you already have a leg up to get away, right? Because yeah. they, they're about to right? they're, they're about to engage with you. Now, you don't want to engage. You just want to go on on your way. So now, in the new mode, you could do that a lot more efficiently because they would have to disengage the fight mode and go into this. Yeah, but what know, if they have a quantum dampener? That's the issue. Uh, yeah, well, right. right. They're right. going to drag you out. <clears throat> yeah, so, like if you can't quantum out, then that mode's useless to you, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then, then you because what have I mean, what we're really waiting on is this is going to become. See, part of me is like master modes is too early because we still need physicalized damage and armor, you know, and being able to disable a ship because with physicalized damage, some of these larger ships, if you're attacking a whole E with a Hornet. Yeah. Maybe you could loosen up some cargo, but you're not going to do much damage to that ship. Especially with the shields. I'm assuming yeah. you can pump those shields to the rear. Yeah. Right. Right. So like that's, those are the changes that'll be coming eventually, but now it's something in between. And I worry about the community feedback being, not ignorant to it, but not aware of what what the future holds. Because I think CIG is thinking of, oh well, once we have physicalized damage in, but they're testing it earlier. Right. It's for me. It's kind of the uh, I don't know if you ever seen like there used to be a show on that would show predator versus prey, and they would show oh yeah the reality of you know like a hawk chasing down a pigeon and. It's much. It's more likely a pigeon's going to get away from a hawk than the hawk yeah. is going to get the pigeon, by far. <laughs> Even despite the fact that the hawk is built to kill things like absolutely, pigeons. the pigeon is a long distance sprinter. If and if he gets his wings going, he's fast, right? The the hawk is not, except when he's in a dive. And then pigeons, because of their eyesight, can fly through the branches very well. Hawks cannot. So, you know, there's this whole thing of this paradigm of when you're the prey, you know, how are you, how do you compare to the, to the attackers? 
there's certainly, you know, if a battleship gets you, yeah, you're in trouble. But these ships have, you know, they have some advantages or they should have some realistic chances of holding their own um, in their environments if the conditions are right. And I, and I do like the idea that, yeah, fighters should be very nimble, right? They should be. Mm-hmm. They should be absolutely should have missiles, all those things. Um, they should be more like an airplane versus a cargo ship should be more like a boat right? mm. <laughs> or a ship. Um, and that's a tough, that's a tough one. So I think this master modes goes towards that, but they got to do some things with the countermeasures and, um, well, once those know. things work, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a balancing thing, but I, I think it'll change the way, um, it, it, there's nothing in my mind more exciting than being pursued by pirates and having a running gun battle and then you survive by the hair of your teeth, right? Yeah. You know, that to me is exciting. And well, especially pirate, because they weren't prepared enough. Correct. And, and I would think that a pirate is the same. You go yeah. against a worthy adversary and you end up, you know, right down to the line, you're going to board this thing because you've disabled it, but it's taken you a while to chase it down and now it's a gunfight at close range. I think that would be super exciting for both parties. Yeah. And that's a tough spot to cut. Like you'd hate to lose everything, but at the same time you're like, I got to give them some credit here. Yeah. It would be like, like the best gameplay, right? I mean, it'd be like really exciting. Like gameplay. they deserve to take that haul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, so they did that perfectly. That was well executed. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, I think it's, you know, it's got... I shouldn't have took that shipping lane. Yeah. (laughs) I knew I was uh, taking a shortcut. So that was my big one there. I I really liked that. Um, You were also talking, uh, you said my other one would be the uh, cargo. Definitely the cargo. Um, I You know, I, I don't know how much time I spend loading a ship with vehicles and everything to get it ready. And I would like to be able to load up my Aquila with a, you know, a Ursa Rover and from your hangar, from my hangar and go out and do a mission. Right. I mean, um, I spend entire play sessions just going out and taking a cutlass blackout to get two dragonflies on it. Right. I mean, and then half the time I crash on the way back. So (laughs) it would be nice to be able to have that ability right off the bat. Yeah. I'm excited about cargo elevators. I'm uh, obviously I'm excited about um, master modes. I mean, yeah, the, every- the only issue is that I'm sorry to interrupt there. No, go ahead. About uh, the cargo, uh, I, was, I was listening to a mythologist, and he said, in one hand, yeah, it's cool, but it's also going to be very tedious, right? Because for yeah. ground vehicles, it's good, but uh, now you're gonna seems like you're gonna have to put everything in. Even the med pens, med car, yeah. ammo. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. so you but, literally have to. But that's why it's like now you have a reason to keep your ship alive. Now you have a reason mm-hmm. to, and and maybe maybe the next patch won't be the one that you fully stock your ship. Maybe it's not time yet. You know. Well, uh, no, no, that's not what I was referring to. So the way I would load up the ship now, right? You you enter the ship, then you bring up your you know local inventory versus ship, uh-huh. and you just say move everything over. For example, yeah. where now you it seems like you have to physically 
grab yeah. the item with your uh, uh, well let's say it's a it's a weapon that you're equipping right the, a gun so you have to physically equip it right it's no longer going to your uh, moby glass and equip it unless i'm wrong no yeah that's i i think that's the idea I don't know if okay. there'll be other ways in the interim while they're like figuring it out, but that is the idea. Now, the thing that they also said in the episode is that they'll find a way they're, they're figuring out a way to have it be automated where like you're paying or AI, it won't necessarily be visible, but it's like essentially you're paying for a cargo timer because yeah, that, that's cool. Because the whole C and all the holes <coughs> that are external, those are still going to load the same way. And, and even there, there was um, messages about like, "Hey, the car- cargo pods; those things don't lower yet. So, what's happening there?" And like, "Yeah, no, we're not ready for that." Yeah. So, oh, one other thing. Sorry, on the fighting mode. Before I forget, hmm. uh, another really cool feature is a gimbaled weapon. So mm. for those of us who are not ace fighters, I think to me that's like the ultimate equalizer now because I, I don't have to go up a size anymore. Yeah. You know, the smaller smaller ships, you could just gimbal all the weapons and you're done. Yeah. That's Which, cool. I mean, I think should be fine. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I mean it's easier. It's you know, then <laughs> fixed. Um, yeah. The only other thing that I'm kind of excited about is those just distribution centers, and it's it's mostly because they're supposed to be those nodes for the economy, right? Right. And with the economy changes, I mean, they might not fully function the way that they want them to ultimately do so, but it's still kind of exciting. So uh, this week, ISC is taking a full turn, and it's going to be about branding in the verse, not 323 or anything, about how they brand locations, including Pyro. Um, And then Star Citizen Live will be a meet and greet with their chief publishing officer and their vice president of corporate technology. So it'll be a little less exciting week. But I'm glad we're not here for the roadmap roundup because that'll be the most exciting thing we talk about next week. Um, so yeah, um, but in other news, 3:23 popped up in Evo the other day. I I haven't touched it. Oh well, you're not in Evo. Yeah, but apparently it popped up in Evo. Yeah, according to leaks. I uh, I thought they talked about that just the other day on the on the show. So then, if we think about timing, typically that's about two months. Yeah, like end of March. April. to live. Yeah. Yeah. And who that's knows? Crazy. We don't even know. It, 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 I I feel like they're not going to keep the quarterly thing this year. They kind of already inferred it. But it's still exciting that they're testing it. Yeah, that's when my driving season ends, so that's perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, S- sorry, Chekhov. <laughs> how do you how do you think your driving is? Do you think it translates over into the um, racing in Star Citizen? 
Oh no, that's this is just pure pure precision skill, real driving. Yeah, no, it's completely different. Gotcha. You have like a whole sim pit, don't you even for your driving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedals, uh, I just added, we were just talking about it. Uh, it's kind of a butt kicker, a different version for my seat. So I feel like the the gear shifting, RPMs, road vibration. I was going to say, you, you did talk about the butt kicker before, but I didn't know that it was that nuanced of a butt kicker. Yeah, this is a little different. I, I try using it for Star Citizen, by the way, which is if we're on that subject, it actually adds a new dimension. So you can actually feel when the ship quantums up, like when you engage quantum and you feel when you throttle up. I mean, it's very basic uh, uh, effects because it just takes it from sound and mm. the, uh, the autosim takes it from telemetry. And, mm. and we were discussing it with Nets. I bet you that Star Citizen actually has telemetry. We just don't know how to access it. But if you can get access to telemetry, you can have some really cool effects. Or, or they just don't have access to it yet. Like they'll, I'm sure they'll include that for the hardcore fans. Yeah, because you could do... Like, uh, you know, they have uh, not only shakers, they have the motion, you know, rigs, right? Like for flight sims, mm. you know, and, and there you can actually do that today. There's a hack for it that you could do a motion sim for a flight simulator that's linked to your joystick movements. Oh. Uh, so you can actually get that today for the extremist and us <laughs> in hand cigarette. Mm. Yeah. So if you want to rig up a little motion simulator, I have a link for you of how to actually make it work in flight using your joysticks. Now, now you've seen me. Does it work in tonnage? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it. it uh, I Industrial think grade hydraulics. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about pounds, but it can accommodate. <laughs> it can accommodate. <laughs> You haven't seen me, but same question. <laughs> yeah. You may get a little motion sick. Let me tell you, when I drive in the VR, I drive in VR sometimes, uh, I get pretty kind of sickish, like I have to take the glasses off. Huh. Interesting. I don't have that. I mean, I, well, and I also uh, used to ride and run on little iron boxes with no windows, so. I knew guys who got motion sick in them, but I never In the middle of the desert. (laughs) Or in the middle of the mountains. It depends on where you are that week. Um, So we had zero tips and tricks submissions in the many, many moons that we haven't done anything. Uh, Anything coming from you, Chekhov? Well, there is. I mean, if I don't know if it still works because they patched a couple of times. But for those of you who are interested in making lots of money in the game, and uh, uh, I mean, you could start with the vulture if you have one, uh, which you can earn up to half a million, literally less than an hour, doing salvage. But you can move up to uh, Reclaimer very quickly. And once you do, 
all you do is you take the uh, hammerhead missions. So they pay 250000 just to munch them. And then you need really, to be efficient, you need one more partner that helps you move the cargo around. So you could literally make millions an hour just uh, taking those missions and hanging around Yella. And then you sell them at Grimax. Uh, so because there's not too many places that you can lend the reclaimers. So Grimax is one of them. And it's a very, very efficient way if you want to make a lot of money quickly. I mean, it's not an exploit. It's just that's what the game does right now. Yeah. How about you, Seagard? Well, I think the uh, the the tip would be that, um, that you know you can use the SRV to tow things, uh, but you can't always jump with them. But it doesn't mean that you can't uh, be useful when you get out there and help. Um, and like Chekhov was talking about loading of uh, of the reclaimer, um, you know we we struggled around sometimes with the thirty two box size SEU size boxes. Mm. Um, but sometimes it was just very efficient to just get the one SCUs and throw them down on the second floor. Oh, yeah. Right? You just throw them to the back, and they slide down the little chute into the salvage floor. Yeah. Uh, once you get all the 32s in place. So, mm. so those are my two little tri- uh, okay. tips, I guess. Who's giving you tips and tricks? Uh, I don't ever have tips and tricks. Um, but that does bring us to for science. We actually have two submissions. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first one's from Canuck. We said three dot twenty two for science exclusive. In 3.22, there are undersuits that show up, not as actual suits, but as just item crates, even in your inventory. When you try to use them, they would seem to not work as they are identified as placeholders. But what they really are, are invisible undersuits to enable a certain look for the microid and lynx armors to get a more Mad Max temperate outpost outpost look. I've attached sure. images below. That was in the um, the Discord for those who haven't joined. You can find the photos in Discord. There might be a legs armor piece out there with boots or feet coverings so as to not show up barefooted, but I have yet to find some. Cheers. Thank you, Connect. And then S. Gateman said, science. that's right. S. Gateman said, for science, I volunteered to get drugged up by our medic. 199.99% is the highest your character can be for a drug level. It's also extremely hard to walk in a straight line. At that level, you have about five minutes to live. But funny enough, you keep extending that time as long as you keep pumping yourself full of hemazole. Whenever your character lets you. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, S. Gateman, for trying to OD in Star Citizen. <laughs> uh, any, anything else for science? Uh, 
Well, there was something that we did uh, when I ran out of fuel in the reclaimer, and uh, we were uh, too far from a landing zone. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were trying to find a large pad, mm. and uh, thinking that we can land and just refuel. Well, we were half right. We were at a jump point to Pyro, and there was a large pad there. And this is where Sigurd was trying to tell me, because I couldn't refuel. But actually, I could have if I would have done it right. So the trick was not only to land on a large pad, but you have to land it sideways to have all legs touching the pad. Oh. So that was the, the really the trick. And uh, if you do that, you can actually refuel on any large pad without having to land in a hangar. Um, yes, it was kind All of right. science. Yeah, I, I have, uh, I guess, a little bit of one. It actually involves the racing. So we did some racing. We did, I guess, one or two sessions of racing, which was absolutely a blast. And I used the Mustang Gamma, which I found to be absolutely fantastic. I mean, really, it was a great ship. Um, and as a kind of as an experiment, I bought the 350R and tried that out. And it's, you know, it's a good ship. It's um, it's big and it's like driving a big Plymouth or Buick, you know, or you know, something like that. But it does a decent job. Um, I think yeah. it's more control controllable than it used to be. Um, and I was trying these on the really windy courses that are in the um, both in the air, but also on the ground like uh, near the mining and uh, uh, yeah, the mining, the old mining locations that you can race mm. on. Yeah. Um, the one thing that surprised me is this just joke. I took out the Aurora and the Aurora actually did really freaking well. I was surprised. It's um, hang on. So kind of get an Aurora. I just did it for my own just to see how no. well you could do it. And what I found was that, um, because you're in a tight space, speed is not the real limitation. It's the ability to roll left and right and pull the yeah. nose around. And it does that fairly well in almost any situation. It's just not going real fast. Yeah. But its overall average speed around the course was respectable. It wasn't bad. Um, you know, it's not going to go – I don't think it's going to go beat an M50. But sure. it certainly is not well, it might bad, be the bad as Right, right. It's it was fun to fly it. It was really fun to fly it, um, and it it took it was a little challenging, but it rolls real well. And and if you haven't done those, you know we've raced the old um, the little personnel carriers for the, the, mm, the uh, Argo MPVs, and that was a blast when we did that. If you're if you're looking for some fun, take out a an Aurora or something and try racing it, and and it, you might be surprised how much fun it is. So nice. I uh, have not done anything for science because all I did was salvage. So that brings us up to Seaguard's question of the week, which was many, many, many weeks ago. You know, for my first first 
single album hit that was a pretty good song. <laughs> it's <laughs> not bad, only right? single out. Al- it's my only single album. <laughs> um, many moons ago, Seagard asked, in regards to balancing, do you feel all careers should produce similar profit given similar skill, effort, and time expended? Do you feel that profit should scale with higher levels of ships and equipment? Underpaid deputy said, I think that all initial career paths should make similar profits across the board with the exception of maybe bounties and bunkers, as those take a bit more nuanced skill than, say, a box mission. However, I think that mining, as it is a necessity for corporations and industries, should scale tremendously with each increase. Hand mining, rock mining, ship mining, then multi-crew ship mining, commodities as well, since these two career paths are completely self-driven and also would affect the economy in a significant fashion if done with large ships slash fancy equipment. Profit scaling should be in proportion to the scale of the operation. One dude in a Caterpillar shouldn't be able to make as much as fast as a fully crewed ship as loading times would need to increase or even be replaced by payment to the stations for loading the cargo automatically or a single prospector versus a fleet of crude moles. Now for bounties slash mercenary missions, the profit should scale off of the danger presented to the players with the highest tier engagements being a hundred percent death sentence to a single ship, even if multi-crewed. That's a rough idea, but generally my thoughts on all career paths would follow a similar logic. Thank you, underpaid de- deputy. And yeah, I, that sounds like a new comment. I don't think we've heard your name before. So unless you've changed it, welcome. Uh, Zim said, to your two questions, yes and somewhat yes. <laughs> um Better ships should bring better profits, but they should also require more skill, crew, and effort to get that full potential, rather than just being the same as solo gameplay, but with higher numbers. The game would mostly benefit from taking the many extremely low-value contracts at 10 AUC and lower, and giving them a buff in earnings to be more in line with actual professions. Are you losing... My mind said, number one, yes. If they don't, then people will feel a need to grind. And number one, for those who don't remember, do all career paths, should they all produce a similar profit given the skill set, time, etc.? He said, yes. If they don't, then people will feel a need to grind out professions they don't like in order to support the gameplay they do like. They already do this in real life. And it's so maddening that they play video games and drink to forget about it. Oh, I understand that as I'm drinking my Negronis. Uh, Number two, not necessarily. So number two, as a reminder, do you feel that all profits should scale with higher levels of ships and equipment? You said not necessarily. With some professions, it's unavoidable. You can't make trading with an Aurora just just as profitable as trading with a Hall E, without breaking a sense of progression. That's not a skill or progress issue. It's a physics issue. You can only fit so much in an Aurora, and the only way to make it compete is to make cargo more valuable. But if cargo is that valuable, then A, no one will fly a Hall E, because it will be more cost-effective to buy a smaller ship, 
MB, you can skip basically all levels of progression day one. Cargo hauling is a little different than trading, though, since for cargo hauling you are moving someone else's goods, and it can be A, bounty hunting is different than trading. Wait, hang on. Sorry. It can be A, locked behind reputation, and B, right. made to pay as much as you want on an arbitrary scale. Also, bounty hunting is different than trading as well, since the value of a job can't scale with ship size. Since there's a limit to how big a bounty can be, roughly 511, I think oh, target. Yeah. Then no matter how big or small your ship, the bounty will be priced based on the value of the catch, not the size of the ship. You could require the apprehension of multiple suspects, but four people in individual hawks would be just as capable as four people crewing a Zeus MK2. Whereas, or Mark II, whereas four people crewing a hull D will vastly outperform four people flying individual freelancers. And that's without even mentioning FPS jobs like bunker missions that can't scale with ship size no matter how they're designed. So yeah, it's just not possible to make all profits scale with ship size across all professions without gamifying it so hard that it's basically on rails which no one wants and CIG seems to be against. Whew. Good answer. Thank Long, you. But Are good. you losing my mind? Very well thought out. Yeah. As my roommate laughs in the other room. Uh, Trader Jeff said, I can tolerate some variations in professions, especially if it's caused by popularity. If everyone is mining quantanium, its value should go down somewhat to the point that recycled materials from salvage might get closer in value. As for more expensive ships and gear, yes, they should allow making higher income, but it doesn't have to scale exponentially. Mining quantanium should be easier with a mole, etc., than a prospector, but I don't want mole owners to make millions of dollars an hour while prospectors can only earn 50k an hour, for example. Right. It's a great point. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's the point where you're searching for the holy grail, yeah. and if you find it, your your wealth is unlimited. And then there's also the guy who says, "Hey, I'm going to go get food for the day, and I'm going to get, you know, go catch three fish," and he's fed, right? Yeah, but Every once you day, find the holy, fed, but right? once you find the holy grail, the longer you're dealing with it, the more likely you are to have some incursion by pirates or something of some other. Correct. Factor. Correct. Exactly. So, there's there's these trade-offs of uh, statuses, and I'm like, at least in theory, <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a certain value to, to me in the game of seeing a full ship of cargo versus you know half a ship full of cargo. Yeah. Even if I make more money, I like to see my ship loaded, and you know that you know. So I buy iron a lot, and I buy or I mine iron or whatever I can find, and fill the ships, even though it's not as profitable, but. I guess they could also limit the need, right? Things like aluminum or iron or titanium might be used a lot on planets, yeah. whereas the Holy Grail might be used only in museums. Right? Yeah. Right. Not every planet will have a museum. So uh, there's that rarity and right place at the right time and distance to travel to make your money and and all those things involved. So, 
he had a good comprehensive answer, I think. Um, so, uh, Lekochi said, the starter should be, or Lekochi, it's probably Lekochi, I don't know. Um, the starter should be fairly equal, no profession pays the same, or should at the high end, in my opinion. Yet, it should scale up to earning the most from a capital with a full crew. So, essentially, he's saying you don't want like a one-size-fits-all, one-size-wins button, but at the same time, if you're investing in something large, you should get the return. Uh, Skur said, while I think there should be a minimum viable earning rate for any activity, because if an activity doesn't objectively provide enough earnings, no one would do it. I also think that profit should always be related to risk. Correct. I had to cough. Uh, difficulty and average time required. Should beginner, non-risky, straightforward box delivery missions earn you as much as beginner missions that make you fight against hostiles on the ground or in air slash space? Given the difference in terms of risk, in terms of risk, I don't know why I'm reading it so robotic, uh, involved when engaging in combat, I think the latter should earn you at least slightly more. Higher level of ships and equipment imply higher investments and should thus allow you to access higher higher reward tiers, but at the cost of increased risk and complexity, multi-crew gameplay, and longer mission duration. Oh, that's a good point. Like The missions that you need for a multi-crew ship will likely be more complex. Yeah, I would think. And then Lars said, career rewards should scale with risk and effort. And then his response to the second one is, yes, but it should be a function of the ship that makes it that way, not just arbitrary. So I think specialty or um, drives a specific purpose is what I'm reading Mm -hmm. into that. So those were the responses. Seagard, did you come up with another question in the meantime? I actually had two. I came up with one just a couple minutes ago. I think I'm going to use that one instead. Uh, I'll read the other one, and if anyone wants to uh, respond to it. Uh, but in, anyway, it was in, in regard to salvage. And I made this a couple weeks back, expecting us to to do to have a show, and, and we just didn't meet because there was no content. So the, the question involves... Um, the mechanics around salvage and you know, there's scraping, stripping of cargo and total disintegration. And the question really is, you know, if all three of those represent a hundred percent of the value in that ship, you know, what portion should each of these take, you know, because right now people just drive up, disintegrate the ship. Don't worry about what's on board. Right. It's a huge amount of money. Um, And I think that that, I know it's a temporary system right now, but I do think there should be a reason to strip cargo to, or to strip the cargo out and then strip the uh, Mm -hmm. material off the ship, then scrap the remaining Hulk. Um, So for anyone out there who's thinking about, you know, that, what percentage would you like to see for, for stripping cargo, um, scrapping, and for total dis- um, 
sorry, looting cargo, scrapping, and total disintegration. You know, is it going to be 20, 30, and, you know, 50% or some other combination like that? So that's the one I was uh, thinking about a couple weeks ago. Today's is. Um, oh, so we're uh, asking two. Yeah, I'm going to put them both out there, but the other one's kind of out of date now. Uh, but I'll put them both out there. The second one is a little bit more. Um, it's kind of a trade-off question. Uh, small, so small ships have limited space, right? And they make a trade-off um, on what systems they're going to bring. You may want to bring scouting material on, but you give up two, you know, SEU of cargo out of four. You may want an extra bed. Well, you give up an SEU of cargo, right? There's a limit to what those ships can do. Bigger ships typically don't have that in the in the real maritime world, right? It's, you know, five tons out of thirty five thousand ton ship is nothing, right? It's a yeah. paper. It's a paper clip. So you know, with cargo ships and mining ships, um, even things like the mole and junk like that, we have you know we have silly things like you know forward facing guns. I mean, you know what would you know should there be some kind of defensive systems for bigger ships? What what tricks could they have up their sleeve to give them an advantage? Maybe they give up weapons and gain additional cargo space, or maybe they give up weapons and get better sensors, right? Um, kind of like swappable capabilities. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for. So in summary, small ships have limited space and must make trade-offs for which systems to bring. Bigger ships typically can add more systems without space issues. What type of defensive systems would you like for your bigger ships? And let's open that up to general systems, defensive and other systems. That's it. All righty. A nice little complex question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we did get one question uh, this this past month and a half, month and three weeks, um, from Trader Jeff. He said, obviously, for a particular host, what do you think about the white Negroni? And do you think they have them at Orison? So, in case you guys don't know, it's geared towards me. Uh, I love the white Negroni. It's why I started drinking Negronis. I had a Negroni tonight, but my the white Negroni is my go-to. Um. And I know way too much about it. So yeah, love them. Uh, do they have Matt Orison? A hundred percent. A hundred percent excellent. They have Matt Orison. <laughs> and what is the white Negroni again? Oh well, now now that you asked, check off. I'm going to go into the diatribe. So there was the brand ambassador who was like essentially like the corporate bartender for Plymouth gin. So he would come up with like the sexy recipes that they use to sell Plymouth gin and Plymouth is its own type of gin. There's only Plymouth gin. That's uh, like Plymouth is a style, but it's just Plymouth that does Plymouth gin, which is very random, but regardless. So they were going to a cocktail competition in France and it was a hot summer day and they were craving a Negroni and they realized they couldn't get Italian ingredients in France. So most of the components of a Negroni besides gin are French or are, are, are Italian, you know, Campari. They usually use a Italian sweet vermouth. So he went 
and found some kind of bitter that was French in order to make his own variation on a Negroni. And what he chose was a gentian liqueur, which is called Suze. It's a little bit more herbaceous, um, still bitter, not as bitter as Campari, but still pretty bitter. And then he used like a dry vermouth instead, uh, a French one at the time. Uh, And so he did that. Him and the founder of Plymouth or whoever was with him, the CEO or whoever high up, they were drinking those at their cottage. And then they decided to submit it to the cocktail competition. And I think it won. This was in the early 2000s. I think it won. What's fascinating about it is not that it won. It's that Audrey Saunders, the person who is credited for bringing back cocktail culture in New York City, as well as trying to make gin a spirit of choice again in the world, fell in love with Sue's, was illegally smuggling Sue's into the U.S., in order to make white Negronis at the Pegu club. And so the white Negroni is partially responsible for the, the evolution of gin as a, as a popular spirit again in major Mm. metropolitan areas. So again, what's the ingredient of regular Negroni versus white Negroni? So regular Negroni is equal parts gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. And you, the, the fascinating thing is you could change that 15 times and it could be something completely different. Like you could change all those ingredients and make it super different. Uh, okay. A white Negroni is not equal parts. I believe it's, I, I don't have the measurements, but I think it's balanced almost like one and a half to 75, 75 with gin being forward at one and a half or one and a quarter. I think it's one and a quarter, 75, of a part or, or 75 milliliters or whatever, how you ever measuring of Sue's to 75 dry vermouth. So it, mm-hmm. it actually doesn't come out white. It comes out slightly yellow. You garnish a classic Negroni with an orange twist or an orange slice. And you, you garnish a white Negroni with a lemon peel. Mm. Okay, so I think I have all the <laughs> ingredients. Now I'm tempted to make the Negroni because I've never really had a Negroni, believe it or not. What? Yeah, I just um, I was. I've had three tonight. A, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I'm more of. That's a, why I'm a little uh, loose. You know. Uh, you know what? The, lately, I've been. I tried to make a spritz of lilac. Is that my pronouncing correctly? It's a lilac. Yeah, it's the French. Uh, Shellac? Uh, wine? No. Oh, uh, oh Lulay. Lulay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. I tried the, but mistakenly, I bought a cab version because not mistakenly, they didn't have a, it called for a uh, white. Yeah. But uh, they Lulay didn't have Blanc. it. Yeah. yeah. And I got a red, and I've been, I've been drinking it on the rocks. I love it. Lulay's really good. good. You know what's really good? Cochi Americano. Hmm. And that's what okay. I put in my white Negroni. Is it, actually, it's it's not even pronounced Kochi. It's Koki. Interesting. Um, it's really good, and it, you got to do the. It's it'll be clear. Oh. Wow! That welcome to Negroni talk. Yeah, with I know. And geeky. Uh, any uh, closing comments, gentlemen? Check off any, anything you want to leave the episode with. 
Uh, just uh, encourage everybody to hang on. I think we're going to end the year uh, on an exciting note with some good features. Oh, there is one question I want to uh, pose, uh, which I forgot uh, always on my mind. Wipe or no wipe at 3.23? I think the what partial think? wipe. Okay. I don't, I don't no. think there'll be a full wipe. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a wipe. Everybody say, I think they want people to just be out there and uh, really testing out. I mean, they're likely to they wipe got. that beta anyway, so. Exactly. I you think the well wipe's not unless it's an issue. Yeah, my thought is unless there's a real economy, there is no reason to wipe. It doesn't yeah. really matter. But the economy changes maybe even if they it's not a full economy yet, maybe that'll drive it. But I mean, yeah. at this point, I don't really care as long as I can right. play and have fun. Right. See, it's interesting the path they're taking, and I, I think I like it with this whole repricing of ships and gear. So instead of changing the mechanics and the play loops of what you earn per hour, instead they, they're going to balance it by changing the pricing of items in the game which I think is easier to do than uh, playing around with the loops. Let the loops play out, but they're going to figure out, okay, well, if you really want a 890 jump, I mean, that should take you, you know, even with a reclaimer the way it is, you know, uh, doing the, those missions, it's still going to take you quite a bit of time to get an 890, and, and it should, you know? Right, right. And you guys, and, and you guys did it... A couple of you guys guys got your reclaimers by working together to get the reclaimers. Right? Yeah, I mean, so I, I got a loan from uh, from Hamer. Well, I had some money already. I got a loan from Hamer and Flavius, and I literally repaid them both uh, that week. And yeah. you know, they lent me collectively ten million. So. And Flavius has one now. Yeah, and then what we did is once I got mine, then I we did a hundred percent for him. So right. we just ran the same missions and got him a reclaimer. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, so if anybody wants to join us, come to Parlay House. We'll get you a reclaimer. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll learn it in game. <laughs> we won't get it. Right, right. No, no. You're gonna have to work for it. You'll you'll work. Uh, with us, but mm -hmm. we'll teach you how to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that one thing I wanted to, there's something coming up here for Valentine's, right? We got the red. Coramora. Coramora. When does that kick off? The 14th or Thursday. 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 Okay. And, and so, does, so does the, the red envelope like New Year stuff too. Okay. Okay. Good. So both of them kick off Thursday. Excellent. Um, yeah. Anything else? All right. Uh, I have nothing else except that I'm glad we're we're back and uh, yeah. we will do our best to keep the content coming. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But if. Uh, if you have any questions, anything you want to submit to us, you can always um, email us at citizencast.sc at gmail.com. 
You can DM our Twitter handle at CitizenCastSC. You could submit a message through our Spotify landing page. Or, of course, I think one of the best places is join the CitizenCast Discord. Um, and speaking of discords, if you are out there looking for crew, for an org, or people to hang out with in between your solo sessions, uh, check out Parley House. Um, it's a neutral zone where all players of all types can socialize and enjoy the game. Uh, that is a separate discord. Plenty of people kind of go to one or the other and think they're in both. Uh, we do keep them separate for ease of use, I guess. Um, and uh, if you want more Star Citizen content, check out the friends of the show who are content creators. We have Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrots videos over on YouTube. Uh, and then you can listen to the similar music, well, including the music in our episode besides Seaguard's One Hit Wonder, uh, right. done by Admiral Cody and Calibri. Uh, they have some additional songs inspired by our or former org as well as star citizen and if you haven't yet take a look at star jumps new fleet viewer well it's not new anymore their fleet viewer as well as their twitch stream uh friends of the show grim and vmzo are regularly um contributing to that and that dear friends wraps up another episode of citizen cast we'll see you next week hopefully wow that's a short yeah, that was episode. good that was good yeah, can I tell you something? We could probably do more on three to three, like literally bring up a mythologist and kind of comment on each feature. Well, by tomorrow we'll have the um, we'll have the roadmap roundup too, so there might be stuff that they didn't talk about. Yeah, we didn't talk about Orison, Siege of Orison. Oh, you mean not Siege of Orison, the new Xeno threat. No, the well, yeah, it's a siege of Orson, right? Is that what it's called? Which well, no, 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 it's you... the new Xeno threat, I believe. Oh, well, there's also the uh, <laughs> the blockade runner mission. Oh, okay, okay. That used to be the Nine Tails lockdown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we didn't talk about that for sure. Yeah. So there's more content. I mean, it yeah. did come up, but no one commented on it. Yeah. But it was in a list form, so. All right. Sounds good. All right. I am going to drop off because my face hurts. <laughs>